0: Speak the name of Mike Flynn. I leaked nothing to nobody.
1: President Trump's latest attempt to renew his unproven wiretapping claim.
2: I think confirms exactly what the president said when he said that the Obama administration was uh, doing something nefarious with regard to surveillance on his transition team. I'm not and I don't want to be the president of the world. I'm the president of the United States.
1: And from now on, it's going to be America first
3: it's time to make america great again join the movement neil a caruso the neil a caruso show Show. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, Tuesday, April 4th, 2017, the Neil A. Korsuch Show podcast. We have, well, so much news today, a really busy, busy news day. Um, But, you know, I could talk about everything from uh, Neil Gorsuch and... Uh, The deal that's going on there with uh, the Senate looks like they're going to have to change their rules and to uh, make sure that he doesn't get filibusters, which has never been done in over 200 years of American history. We have today Syria throwing uh, gas on its own people. The Assad regime, that goes back to when President Obama drew the red line, saying, you know, we will, if you cross this line and use chemical weapons on your people, we will— do Something about it, they did nothing about it. We could talk about that and, and more use of chemical weapons. We could talk about the terror attack that happened in Russia that looks to be associated with radical Islam. There's just so much. Um, President Trump at the White House, uh, today with manufacturing, uh, uh with um, leaders, uh, CEOs, uh, talking about um, construction and whatnot and and infrastructure. Um, And he has a big infrastructure plan, which all, you know, Democrats should be happy about. Uh, They still criticize him. Anyway, you need leaders happy with him. But there's just so much that is going on that it's just hard to digest all the news that is coming out of Washington in this day and age. Uh, And every second, there's a new story. So what I've decided to do on the podcast today is narrow it down. We're going to talk about one topic, and that is Surveillance. Because, frankly, it's not being covered. Only one network that is covering it. The mainstream just picked it up today because Susan Rice said that absolutely not. I did not order the unmasking of names. And the media is taking that at face value when we know that she is a compulsive liar. And the proof's in the pudding on that. And I'll get into it. But let's just focus on the surveillance. I'm going to go through everything that we know how the Obama administration surveilled President Trump, and how it really affects us in terms of privacy rights. You know, Democrats and liberals, they all say that they want hands-off privacy. But in reality, if it fits their political agenda, like everything else with them, they truly don't want privacy for President Trump. And they want him nailed against the wall. So let's go over the political motivation for surveillance. I'm going to play a lot of sound today, and we won't take a break. We'll just do it straight for you on the podcast today, and then later on in the week we'll talk about, because uh, Neil Gorsuch is going to be up for a vote uh, Friday, uh, even healthcare is back into the debate with, uh, it seems like as early as Thursday, they may have a new vote, or may have a vote on uh, on the House bill that is being revised, and Mike Pence is a godsend to President Trump, but that's we're going to put that aside. And let's just talk about this surveillance, because that is the number one story that affects all of us. And what we found out yesterday that we talked about was groundbreaking revelations that Susan Rice, the former National Security Advisor under President Barack Hussein Obama, had allegedly requested to unmask the names of Trump transition officials who were incidentally collected. This according to to Fox News journalist Adam Housley and Bloomberg View columnist Eli Lake. Their sources reported this. They reported this on Monday. Now, the unmasked names of people are associated with Donald Trump, including what we learn, are his family members and later transition team members. And the surveillance occurred up to a year before he became president. So now we're going back into the primary campaign. And, you know, it kind of makes sense then when we're talking about this Unsubstantiated dossier that gets tied in, and that started out as political, uh, as a political witch hunt uh, that was not even used in the in the campaign because it was so outrageous. But it was opposition research first for the GOP and then for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Somehow it got out to the media, and there are very few people who have access to this type of information. I'll tell you who. Just a moment, though. Bear with me. The names, these unmasked names, part of incidental surveillance. Which incidental surveillance for you people t- to know? Incidental surveillance occurs when someone, an American, is on the phone or somehow having a conversation with a foreign national. So let's put, let's mention Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. His name, he could file a civil lawsuit based on this, and where's the protection for his civil rights? And the Fourth Amendment, that warrant that says that there is a uh, expectation of privacy and protection against search, uh, uh, illegal search and seizure. And we'll talk about the FISA warrant as well. But so this incidental collection—if you were on a conversation with a foreign national, or you were the subject of a conversation, your name may be picked up in incidental surveillance. The problem is, though, that these names are never supposed to be mentioned in intelligence reports. Very rarely are they unmasked by very few people that would have to go to the Director of National Intelligence, the FBI Director, or the CIA Director. So now you have now, and people can request the unmasking, but very few people can even do that. Only 20, it seems like. 20 people at the uh, NSA can unmasked Americans picked up by incidental collection the NSA must report the number of unmasked US identities to Congress so there should be a paper trail on this and in the House and Senate investigations they should be looking into whether or not the these unmasked names included Trump transition team members and they could find out pretty pretty easily if this was a political witch hunt and it would have to be Orchestrated from the very top of intelligence. The names would have to be sent to and ordered by top officials, including the National Security Council personnel, some staffers at the Defense Department, and we mentioned Director of National Intelligence James Clapper uh, under Obama, Obama's CIA Director John Brennan. Okay, and now unmasking and leaking of American names in intelligence reporting. Especially Americans who come over come under this incidental collection by US government surveillance is a federal crime that violates the Espionage Act of nineteen seventeen. That was confirmed by FBI director James Comey on March twentieth, when he said in a public hearing under oath that they refer to Americans in reporting as American number one, American number two, US person one, and so forth to protect american citizens who appear in intelligence reports because there could be retaliation and there could be motivation to take their life away. This is no joke here. Uh Bloomberg reports that on a pattern that this was a pattern of dozens of occasions when Susan Rice, the ambassador to the UN, when she was pushing the Benghazi lie, and then she was the NSA director. And there were a number of occasions, reportedly, that Susan Rice requested the identities of U.S. citizens who were incidentally collected in raw intelligence reports. She doesn't deny that today. She denies that that it was a political witch hunt. And pay close attention to what she says. But I just want to lay out the latest revelations for you. White House lawyers learned of this activity last month in a National Security Council review of the government's policy on unmasking the identities of American names who are communicating with foreign nationals and are being surveilled by U.S. intelligence agencies. Now, last week, on last Friday, Adam Housley, the journalist for Fox News, reported of the political motive for smearing Mr. Trump through intelligence gathering of his campaign for president. And he reports that congressional investigators know the name of at least one person who is unmasking names. And this happened to be one person was Susan Rice, very well-known, very high up, very senior in the intelligence world, and is not the FBI. Now, Bloomberg reports, as does uh, Fox News, that it was a political motive. And let me get the wording for you here. I have it highlighted. The intelligence reports were summaries and monitored conversations primarily between foreign officials discussing the Trump transition, but also, in some cases, direct contact between members of the Trump team and monitored foreign officials. Now, Eli Lake of Bloomberg writes this, One U.S. official familiar with the reports said they contain valuable political information on the Trump transition, such as, whom the, uh, whom the Trump team was meeting, the views of Trump associates on foreign policy matters, and plans for the incoming administration. Now let's go back to the campaign. What do we know? Barack Obama was, and most people in Washington, 97% of Washington, D.C., voted for Hillary Clinton. They were vehemently opposed to everything President Trump stood for, from putting America first to basic. Campaign rhetoric to protecting our borders and everything in between. They were opposed to everything President Trump stood for. So it is plausible that they, because they felt so, they were so vile in rhetoric against Trump, and they believe it is their duty to bring him down. In fact, the New York Times even reported on the front pages that they couldn't treat Trump fairly. You had the Huffington Post reporting on Trump in the entertainment pages. NBC leaked the Access Hollywood tape, which was archives um, uh, and uh, footage that should not even have been recorded. But they leaked it to the Washington Post, another news organization, clearly for a political motive to bring him down days before the second debate. And they knew of that since at least the summer from 2005. So you have all of these activities and just happen to be a timing that could affect and throw Trump off the rails. And I would think it's very possible here—in fact, I know it's possible—that the Obama administration, the media, liberals, even Republicans, had a concerted political effort to undermine Mr. Trump. And they used national security— As an excuse to skirt the law and to spy on a political adversary and gain political advantage on it that Hillary Clinton possibly used. But she was such a terrible candidate that she couldn't win even with spying on the Trump transition. And I'm not saying Hillary Clinton's involved, so relax, but the Obama administration clearly did. And it is proven all of these dots that we connected for you the last 2 3 weeks however it's been it's been every day they were finding out new information about this now we know a lot of this information you know for instance days before obama left office he changed the rules of the NSA and allowed the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intel agencies days before he left office so that the NSA could share information that would be picked up on a wiretap or in surveillance. It would be picked up and then they can share it across all agencies and get lost in the bureaucracy. He also, of the Obama administration, left a trail of, of intelligence to preserve about the alleged Russian meddling into the 2016 U.S. presidential election, which we know did not affect ballots, did not affect votes. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. President Trump won the Electoral College. If Russia affected votes— now, they're trying to meddle in France. They've been trying to meddle in our elections since the 70s. If they really affected this election— then how come President Trump didn't win the popular vote? Right, because they didn't hack any ballots. What's more of concerning on a separate issue, just to allude to it for a second, is the voter fraud that takes place every year. And there's been studies showing about 900,000 illegal votes cast for Hillary Clinton this past campaign. And we know that this happened when Obama was going for his reelection. you know, busing illegals in. To vote for. Him. Now, not only did he preserve this intelligence, leaving this to be leaked illegally. Leaks are illegal to the media and should be taken account. In fact, Comey confirmed this was a violation of the Espionage Act. The only reason why we know about Lieutenant General Michael Flynn having a conversation with the Russian ambassador Sergey Kislyak as he was preparing to be the NSA director the National Security uh advisor, uh General Flynn. um he was only we only know about his name because number one, he was caught in incidental surveillance. Fine. If he's he had a conversation with the Russian ambassador who was being spied on. Okay, that's normal. Then the next step was his name and his identity was revealed in intelligence reporting. That is unusual, and that is not proper. Okay? I don't know about illegal yet. Then, his name was illegally leaked to the media and reported on. And the only reason why he stepped down was because he lied to the Vice President, Mike Pence. But we don't know... Anything other that he was doing his job and nothing that he was doing wrong, the only wrongdoing this whole Flynn case, was that on a legal standpoint that his name was illegally unmasked and leaked to the media. And so the only people that could do unmasking, again, 20 people at the NSA can unmask. The FBI director, the uh, director of national intelligence, so at the time James Clapper, the NSA director, Admiral Michael Rogers, and the CIA director at the time, John Brennan. So that's another thing. Now, his name, unmasked, illegally leaked to the media. And that's a problem. That puts his life in danger and ruined his career as well. Now, before I get on to the other connections here, in terms of the legality, the FISA warrants, and onward, let me get back to Susan Rice. Now, Susan Rice... Today was interviewed by Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. Listen closely to how she responds to things so she doesn't, she doesn't flat out deny that she was unmasking. Now, was it for political reasons? You can make that assumption. We will go over the reporting, but I first want you to hear what her response is. As you know, she has been alleged to be unmasking names and been the person who is possibly engaging in a activity. And she responded today. Her credibility is shot as it is, and we're going to go over her lies in a little bit. But here is what Susan Rice said on MSNBC today in question about whether or not she was involved in unmasking names of Trump transition officials, of his family members, and also a question of a report that The Daily Caller put out that she had spreadsheets of intercepted phone calls with unmasked Trump associates, in uh, in perfectly legal conversations with individuals. In other words, she was possibly, allegedly, according to former U.S. Attorney Joseph DeGeneva, uh, De excuse me, the U.S. Attorney uh, DeGeneva, um, alleges that she was using spreadsheets keeping track of all of the pre- of all of Donald Trump and his aides running for president their um, activities. And they're um, the results of spying on them, and that she was ordering this. Those are the allegations. This is what Susan Rice had to say to Andrew Mitchell on MSNBC tonight.
0: To decide whether that information as to who the identity of the US person was could be provided to me. So they'd take that question back, they'd put it through a process, and the intelligence community made the determination as to whether or not the identity of that American individual could be provided to me. That is what. Uh, I, and Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, CIA Director, DNI, would do when we receive that information. We only do it to protect the American people, to do our jobs in in the national security realm. That's the only reason. Within that process, and within the context of the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, did you seek the names of people involved in, to to unmask the names of people involved in the Trump transition, the Trump campaign, people surrounding the, the the president-elect let me be in clear. in order to spy on them in absolutely order to expose them absolutely not for any political purposes to spy expose anything but Did let you me leak ex- the name of mike flynn i leaked nothing to nobody and never have and never would but let, let me explain uh this first of all andrea to talk about the contents of a classified report to talk about the individuals on the foreign side who were the targets of the, uh, the report itself or any Americans who may have been collected upon incidentally, is to disclose classified information. I'm not going to do that. And those people who are putting these stories out are doing just that. I can't describe any particular report I saw. And by the way, I have no idea what reports are allegedly uh, are being described by those who are putting out this story. I don't know what time frame they were from, I don't know the subject matter, and I don't know who uh, they think was collected upon. The allegation is that, in one case, they are alleging in the Daily Caller that there was a spreadsheet that you put out of all of these names. Absolutely And circulated. No spreadsheet, nothing of the sort. And let me also elaborate and say that when uh, the intelligence community would respond to a request from a senior national security official for the identity of an american that would come back only to the person who requested it uh... and it would be brought back to them directly to um, you directly to me or to it. whoever might have requested it uh... on occasion and, and this is you know important it was not been typically broadly disseminated throughout the national security community or the government so the notion that which some people are trying to suggest that by asking for the identity of an American person uh, that is the same as leaking it is completely false there's no equivalence between so-called unmasking and leaking the the effort to ask for the identity of an American citizen is necessary to understand the importance of an intelligence report in some instances
3: But there is a connection between unmasking and leaking. Because as we went over with Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, his name was both unmasked and leaked to the media. And his name should have never been in any intel reports as is customary. It is very rare that names are unmasked. And now she is alleged of being of unmasking names that... For no basis at all, but for assumably, presumably, the political reason that we need to find out what Trump is doing because we don't trust him. We don't trust this incoming administration. I mean, there was reporting from the Wall Street Journal that has never been debunked, has never been said otherwise, that the CIA and the intelligence officials were actually withholding information from President Trump when he took office, and, and possibly still going on, because how the hell would he know that they're not telling him everything that he needs to know in terms of intelligence? <sighs> it's a lot to digest today, so we're going to continue on this. Couple of problems I have with her answers: she hides behind the classified nature of the information, but no one else is respecting the classified information. No one else is res- is respecting. The fact, and she clearly, if she unmasked these names, was not respecting classified information because there are very few people who have access to this. And frankly, she shouldn't even have access. She shouldn't be able to just tell anyone that she wants these names unmasked. Who the hell is she? She's not the FBI director. And now I wonder if Me even knew that this was going on. So we got to know who knew that this was going on, when did this occur? How often? And so, from the information that we have, this occurred up to a year before Trump took office, which means that takes us back to before the first primary. Before the first Republican and Democratic primary, for that matter. Okay? That they were spying on a political adversary. Okay. So, she hides on classified information. Classified information is being leaked in the media every day to undermine Trump. Um... Now, the day that Devin Nunez, the House Intelligence Committee, came out and said he saw information at the White House at a secure location called a SCIF, the day that he viewed that information, which now the ranking Democratic member in Adam Schiff has seen the same information and said we need to push this information forward to the House Intelligence Committee, the same day that Devin Nunez came out briefed the press and there was uproar, how could he be going to the White House, how could he be briefing the president, of information that he knows already, hence why he wants an open investigation of this, because he knows he was surveilled and tweeted about it on March 4th. It seems, though, that Devin Nunez knew about the unmasking and leaking back in January, well before President Trump, his tweet, in March, alleging wiretapping, which, wiretapping, because the media is playing semantics, and you get the, well, wiretapping is, uh, obviously Obama can wiretap the thing himself. Well, no blank, Sherlock. Obviously, Obama wasn't wiretapping himself, but he could have ordered it through Pfizer requests. That in a moment, though. Because Nunes now possibly knew about this since January, then he saw the information that Trump saw at the secure location, the skiff in the White House, that to secure documents, and then the ranking Democratic member saw that as well, and Nunez said, this is damning information, and President Trump may be right that he was being surveilled. This is getting blown up every day. Now, Susan Rice appeared in an interview um, on PBS on March 22nd, the day that Devin Nunez briefed the press that he saw this information that leads him to believe that Trump was surveilled. And on PBS, this is a very short clip, Susan Rice, and it's like seven seconds, uh, Susan Rice said that she knew nothing about it. Take a listen to what she said, PBS NewsHour, March 22nd.
0: I know nothing about this. I was surprised to see uh, reports from uh, Chairman Yunus on that uh, count today.
3: Okay, so she knew nothing about it, but then in that clip today in MSNBC, and in that full 60-minute interview, if you saw it, she knew a hell of a lot about the process that was going on and and she knew how th- everything works and then of course you know uh, you have the obama etablen forcus the deputy assistant or whatever her title yeah deputy assistant which means she's like third fourth in command of the defense secretary okay says that she ordered surveillance and she left in 2015 so here's the deal republicans are calling for susan rice to go in front, under oath, in front of the Senate, and to testify about what she knew, when did she know it, and the Obama administration uh, surveillance. That we know is a fact. Let's let's get that out right now. It is an unfettered fact that Trump has surveilled. But that's not what you're hearing in the media. Now, let's connect the dots further. So you know about the House intelligence investigation. The Senate is also investigating. And... One more note on Susan Rice, by the way, because you can't take what she says for face value. Just to give you a little background on her, not only did she push the Benghazi line in September of 2012, appearing on five Sunday news shows defending the administration's debunked claim that was being pushed to protect Obama during a re-election campaign, that the attacks on the U.S. consul in Libya was triggered by an internet video, an anti-Islam video, when they had, you know— these, uh, not bazookas, but they had these powerful weapons. They didn't just decide to show up and this wasn't a spur-of-the-moment protest where then all of a sudden they're shooting at us. I mean, you know, how convenient is that? So that was wrong. Rice also told ABC News in 2014 that Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, quote, served the United States with honor and distinction, and that he, quote, wasn't simply a hostage, he was an American prisoner of war, captured on the battlefield, while Bergdahl is currently facing a court-martial on charges of desertion and misbehavior before the enemy for allegedly walking off his post in Afghanistan. Here's what Susan Rice said September 16, 2012, Face the Nation. She appeared on all five Sunday news shows, that morning
0: what our assessment is as of the present is in fact what it began spontaneously in benghazi uh, as a reaction to what had transpired some hours earlier in cairo where of course as you know uh, there was a violent protest outside of our embassy Mm -hmm. uh, sparked by this uh, hateful video um, but soon after that uh, spontaneous protest uh, began outside of our consulate in Benghazi we believe that it looks like extremist elements uh, individuals joined in that uh, in that effort with heavy weapons uh, of the sort that are unfortunately readily now available uh, in Libya post-revolution and that it' spun from there into something much much more violent
1: but you do not agree with him that this was something that had been plotted out
0: several months ago? We do not have information at present that leads us to conclude that this was premeditated.
3: Okay, that is wrong. It was premeditated, and we know that from the uh, House Intelligence Committee Select Committee on Benghazi. And we know that Hillary Clinton that night told her daughter Chelsea that she knew damn well what was going on. And that it was not a... So It was not a, um, a protest that happened spontaneously. It was planned out, and it was an attack on our embassy. But they lied. They pushed this. You know, you remember there was a debate in 2012 at uh, Hofstra University on Long Island where uh, President Obama and Mitt Romney had a uh, town hall debate, and Candy Crowley for CNN interjected herself. And if you remember this correctly... Um, Obama had, was talking about, or was asked about Benghazi, or Benghazi came out, Mitt Romney said that you flat out lied, this was an attack, Romney was correct. Then Candy Crowley inserted herself into the debate and said, no, it was a, it was a result of an anti-Islam video, okay? And this is where the media, and I'm going to play a clip of, of how the CNN is reporting this, because they're not reporting on it, and what they say about it, i will play that later on. Okay, But Candy Crowley of CNN insured herself into the debate and said, no, the president president says it's an anti-Islam video, so we're going to take him at face value. And what happened? That was wrong. And if people knew what the truth was then, Obama would not be re-elected. Potentially. Okay, now, they're taking Susan Rice for face value when we know she's a compulsive liar. That she had lied about Benghazi. You know, they call Trump a liar. Trump has been proven right on surveillance. Trump has been proven right on everything. On the oil with a rock. He's been proven right on the economy. Okay? Give me an instance where he made some outrageous claim that you thought was outrageous, and he always turns out to be right. It's kind of scary how he always turns out to be right. He sees things before it develops. Okay? But Susan Rice here pushed a lie when on all five Sunday news shows pushed this lie to... Support the president, Obama. Okay? And what happens? Okay? She is now still being taken at face value from a friendly network on MSNBC who wants nothing but to bring President Trump down. And they want nothing. They will stop at nothing. These career bureaucrats and the liberal media will stop at nothing to, to bring Trump down and to impeach him. They were calling for his impeachment since day one. Now... Let's get on to, because we know Susan Rice is a liar, so I don't believe anything that she says. Let me move on to the other reported connections of surveillance to make this clear, to make my point clear, because it runs deep. It runs deep. The reported connections of surveillance include a Foreign Intelligence Service Court Pfizer warrant granted in October to surveil a computer server in Trump Tower suspected of links to Russian banks. By the way, the suspected links to Russian banks? Well, the FBI found no connection or collusion between Trump and Russia. And we know Pfizer warrants. We're not even supposed to know about it. They're supposed to be covert requests and orders, not public knowledge. And in terms of this, Alleged link to Russian banks. Well, journalist Sarah Carter of Circa News broke the story that Indiana University professor and computer science L. Jean Camp is behind the surf- uh, surface allegations of the Trump organization and Alpha Bank in Russia, which is now a warning against political legal action against Camp. And Camp is a uh, ardent Hillary Clinton supporter and donor who pushed this narrative of a connection between Trump and Russia. Frankly, they can't find anything on. Trump and Russia, and they use that as a distraction from the real story that we know that Trump was surveilled, and it's a civil liberties question. Where is the ACLU on this is my question. You know, they're supposed to be for everyone's civil liberties, unless it's Trump, unless it's a Republican, okay? If I found out that I was surveilled, I would be raising holy hell. I'd probably sue Obama directly, and then we talked about this. A clear trail of classified intelligence. This was uh, revealed by the New York Times, reported by the Times. On January 20th, wiretapping used against Trump aides. That was a headline on January 20th, the front page of the New York Times, the day of the inauguration. And then Evelyn Farkas, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense, March 2nd on Morning Joe, says that she was urging her colleagues to surveil Trump, and she left in 2015, so does she even have the power to do that? This is what Evelyn Farkas said. And then Evelyn Farkas,
0: the other big story of the day, you actually knew about this uh, attempt to get and preserve information, and full transparency. we're doing some work. Yourself, tell us well, about. Well, I was I was urging my former colleagues and and frankly speaking, the people on the Hill. Mm-hmm. I w- it was more actually aimed
3: aimed at telling the Hill people get as much information as you can, get as much intelligence as you can before President Obama leaves the administration, because I had a fear that somehow that information would disappear with the senior people who left. So it would be hidden away in the bureaucracy um, that the Trump folks, if they found out how we knew what we knew about. Out there the staff the Trump staffs dealing with Russians that they would try to compromise those sources and methods meaning we would no longer have access to that intelligence so I became very worried because mm-hmm. not enough was coming out into the open and I knew that there was more we have very good intelligence on Russia so
0: then I had talked to some of my former colleagues and I knew that they were trying to also help get information to the hill a lot going on today yeah mark but that's Alton. why you have the leaking Exactly. People are worried.
3: People are worried by leaking, uh, and that's why they're leaking, okay? So they think that it's okay to engage in a legal activity because they are so against Trump and everything he stands for and putting our country first. Yeah, that's a novel idea. They do not have our interests at heart. And then what does Evelyn Farkas say? This is from March 2nd uh, uh, on MSNBC. She says that uh, we don't want Trump to know how we knew this information. What is that supposed to mean? So she knew that they were doing something wrong. So listen, Evelyn Farkas, she's going to end up being having to testify under Rove. You're going to have Susan Rice testifying under Rove, like she had to testify under Benghazi. And listen, between me and you and the world and anyone that's listening, asses need to be in prison. They do. Asses need to be in prison. I'm not going to say that even nicely, because here's the deal. You have surveillance of a political adversary for a political motive. And even if you can't prove the political motive, there is illegal leaking and unmasking of names here that has to be dealt with. And if no one is held accountable for this— then that sets a very dangerous trajectory for the future of our country. And if you're so damn concerned about Russia and you're concerned about China and North Korea, which is sending off missiles, and uh, a little before we went on this podcast that they're sending off missiles to Japan, and, you know, there is a massive national security emergency and foreign policy emergency that Trump has to deal with thanks to the past eight years of terrible foreign policy in alienating our allies and favoring those who support terrorism. North Korea is a st- is a sponsor of terrorism, as is Iran. But we send billions of dollars to Iran, and we appease North Korea. We draw a red line that we don't enforce. Okay, so these are the issues that we should be dealing with, and we're so damn concerned about Trump being president that we're undermining him or we're undermining our country and making us look horrible— in the eyes of the international community. And so, it is sickening what is going on, and this affects all of us because this means, because they changed. Now, this was something new today that I found out. In terms of this Pfizer request, now I told you on this podcast and on my show on Sunday that the FISA, which is the uh, foreign... Intelligence Surveillance Court, which we should never know about when FISA requests, for FISA warrants are granted. That is illegal to leak. So get that straight. In January, the FISA, a FISA requ- court request was requested by the Obama administration. It was denied because it was not specific enough and didn't have any real reason for it. Now, let me ask you something. What did I say before in terms of the... Reporting about Susan Rice in the time frame about a year before Trump became president? Well, that would bring us back to last January 2016 when Obama requested for FISA, for a FISA warrant to spy on Trump. Okay. So about the same time that they are unmasking names, including Trump's family. In October 2016, a FISA warrant was granted to focus on that computer server in Trump Tower on the Russian banks, which the FBI investigated, found nothing, right? And found out that it was this Elgin uh, Camp Indiana University professor. Well, I found out today, in some digging and in some listening to journalists and people who were doing some real reporting, that in 2011, the FISA, there was a FISA request in 2011 um, that... Between 2011, I should say, and 2015, to make this clear to you, that the FISA laws have been changed, that in 2011 you'd have to request for FISA, that an administration, the Department of Defense, would have to request for FISA and give a very uh, specific reason as to why they need to use surveillance or wiretapping or any kind of surveillance on anyone, on any American, right? And that's how it would be done. And that's the traditional aspect. What no one figured out was that in 2015, they changed the law. Now, the law got changed that a FISA warrant now can be granted based on just saying that it's for national security reasons. So, for the Obama administration in October 2016, when a FISA warrant was granted to focus on Trump Tower— all they had to say was this is of national security interest, and that's all they need to say is write national security down. And based on that, they're granted a warrant because it's for national security. So what does that mean? When there was there used to be a high bar for a Pfizer warrant, and now a very low bar, all you have to say it's for national security reasons. Well, let's go back to Edward Snowden with the NSA that they were spying on Americans, looking through webcams and we know through WikiLeaks recently that the CIA, that the NSA is continuing to spy on us through Samsung smart TVs, through webcams, your iPhones. That they—now, that's great if you're spying on, uh, you know, actual adversaries, you know, killers, terrorists, not American citizens, and then on masking and leaking our names and putting our lives in danger— so if it was used terrorists, great, but they are using—they were hiding behind national security to spy on a political adversary. They're using it to spy on Americans. Then all they have to say is for national security, and they're abusing their power. And so if you want to talk about civil liberties in this country, if you want to talk about the ACLU and human rights, then look no further than our intelligence here. This is scary. This is um, very dangerous, and not politically. This is actually life dangerous. Now, Rand Paul um, was on Fox News earlier today in an interview with uh, Bill Hauer and um, Shannon Bream on America's Newsroom, and Rand Paul said that he well, he was with the president over the weekend golfing with him where they spent seven hours talking about health care, and that's another topic for another day as we move along on this week. Rand Paul ...talked about uh, surveillance, and Rand Paul's been. by the way, Rand Paul's been very fair-minded, has been critical of the president, you know he ran against the president in the primaries, and he wants to be president, and he's, you know, he's fair-minded on this and has seen some of the outcome of this that has proven that surveillance occurred... This is what Rand Paul had to say earlier today.
2: The fact that there could be a political figure in the Obama administration that was purposely searching a database looking for Trump officials, I think confirms exactly what the president said when he said that the Obama administration was uh, doing something nefarious with regard to surveillance on his transition team, and it sounds like they were.
3: Rand Paul there, Fox News, uh, earlier today, and he said that the president didn't bring it up with him over the weekend. Uh, when he was golfing with him se- and was with the president for seven hours talking about health he brought it up and said, you know, that uh, I'd be concerned. I'm worried for you. Devin Nunez said that he'd be concerned if he was the president. And um, and the president, just, he didn't respond, according to Rand Paul, about it. Um, and he's smart. Listen, he put this in. He needs to use Twitter. And I'm going to sh- now go into media bias in a second. President Trump needs to use Twitter because if he doesn't, and a month ago today he tweeted about wiretapping, he has received still today um, uh, uh, the response about that and that, you know, how dare he say that he was surveilled. Well, he was, okay, and he's the president and he knew it. And if you're the president, you're supposed to have access to every classified information there is in the entire world, right? Correct. Correct. So, President Trump is right and needs to use Twitter or he'll never get his message out there. There are very few who are fair-minded. There are very few people who are pro-Trump. And I don't even care if they're pro-Trump or not. But I want you to be fair. And, you know, journalists are supposed to ask tough questions. They're supposed to ask tough questions of people. In that interview with Susan Rice, um, Andrea Mitchell did not ask her any tough questions. She did not ask her—it was was a very softball interview— Okay, and she's a journalist, and she's And this is not a commentary program. This is not Rachel Maddow. Okay, although they push they push Rachel Maddow as if she's a great reporter when she's just a conspiracy theorist. Okay, but she's entitled to her opinion, and that's fine. I don't agree with her, but then listen, Andrea Mitchell did not ask Susan Rice about the um, about what she said on PBS NewsHour two weeks ago, in, w- in which she says she knew nothing. She knew a lot about what was going on. She said she didn't know anything. She was not asked about that. How come? How come she wasn't asked? Why did you say you knew nothing about Flynn and you're telling me now that you do know and you know the process for unmasking, Which? when did you lie? Today or then? That should have been a question. You know, they they love to promote themselves when they ask a tough question, you know, watching the evening news couple of weeks ago, and they promote themselves when they stood up to the president and said, you know, you, you didn't, it wasn't the biggest landslide victory. Now, what the president meant was he won more counties since Reagan. That was, that's the statistic that he meant to say and he didn't and whatever. He didn't have it in front of him. And what happened? Oh, well, we fact-checked him. We got him. Oh, well, good for you. Okay. Oh, you know, the Russian salad dressing, that's not even made in Russia. And that's what they fact-check on. That's what they waste their time on. It's such utter nonsense. But when it comes down to a legality issue where people should be sent to jail, should be put on trial for felonies of illegal leaking, which helps them, unmasking of American names, which puts our our lives in danger, changing the Pfizer request, how come no one came up with that? Circuit News reporter Sarah Carter has been doing amazing work. She found out that they changed the FISA laws. How come that wasn't reported on? How come only Fox News, Adam Housley, a journalist, very good one, is reporting on this? And Bloomberg. How come it's not being covered on the evening news broadcast? Well, this is what CNN had on Monday, and how they said, you know what, we're not going to cover it. It doesn't fit our program. Here
2: are our words. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing. And in fact, if anything, the NSA asking for identities was a reflection of exactly how much traffic there was involving Trump people and foreign players. The White House blasting the press for not reporting on another fake scandal being peddled by right-wing Media, Former
1: President Barack Obama's national security Advisor Susan Rice at the center President Trump's latest attempt to renew his unproven wiretapping claim and divert attention away from his team's contacts with Russia. President Trump seizing on conservative media reports that claim that Ambassador Rice unmasked the names of Trump transition officials caught up in routine surveillance the white house meanwhile blasting the media for ignoring this ginned up scandal last week the trump administration also tried to distort comments made by a former obama defense official evelyn farkas
3: and we played you the evelyn farkas clip but you hear what what they are covering oh my god he's criticizing the media oh my god and the whining from snowflakes okay uh, and I'm going to say that, okay, because there are there are three major things that um, stand out to me here, okay. Um, number one, it's pushed by our right wing media, okay. Well, you know, it's you just said that you will not report on this because you believe or you want to believe that this is not true. So the only people reporting it are journalists, by the way, at at a rival network of yours. And their ratings are so much better than yours. Okay, and yes, they're reporting on it, okay, from journalists there, because you won't cover it, because you won't treat the president fairly. And you believe that it is warranted. You said in in your own words, let me just play the beginning of that clip again.
2: Here are our words. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing. And in fact, if anything, the NSA asking for identities was a reflection of exactly how much traffic there was involving Trump people and
3: foreign players. So you heard that's Jake Tapper, by the way, on CNN. What did he say? You know, even if there was, it was warranted because it was, uh, there just goes to show you the activity in this Russia scandal. That is, by the way, the Russia scandal is ginned up. And this is not a partisan thing. We don't have any information, okay? All we know is that the ballot boxes were not changed, that they may have tried. Okay, I'll give you this. They get tempted to medal in our election. I'll give you that. Fine. But they've been trying to do that since 1970, so how come we don't have a cybersecurity system in place to protect that? And you're lucky that they didn't change votes, but what's the future of voting? If we're going to include technology in voting, then we have to make sure that we have secure systems. And we have dead people on voter rolls. So how smart are you? Not very smart at all, okay? But they believe it's warranted. They believe that it's okay? to surveil Trump, and they believe that it is fine for them to say that it is baseless. Because they're so opposed to Trump, and because Trump criticizes the media, okay, as he deserves to do, he has a First Amendment right to do so, as you have a First Amendment right to how you phrase things and what you say, so does the president has a First Amendment right, as does everyone in this country. Okay. But apparently, the only people have First Amendment rights. The only person have Fourth Amendment rights against uh, unwarranted search and seizure. And uh, apparently, the only people uh, who have uh, civil liberties are those who do not pose a threat to everything we stand for in the country. That's their that's their line of crap. Okay, and uh, the uh, the. Uh, Other thing that bothered me in this, or uh, that should bother you, the, uh, uh, what was it, the the metal, the lie that they were putting forth, I don't know, listen to this crap. The
2: White House blasting the press for not reporting on another fake scandal being peddled by right-wing media.
3: Former
1: President Barack Obama's National Security Advisor, Susan Rice. At the center, President Trump's latest attempt to renew his unproven wiretapping claim
3: unproven wiretapping claim, okay, that is wrong, okay, it has been proven. You are fake news. Yeah, you are fake news, okay, we know that wiretapping really is surveillance, but you know, the president on March 4th, can you look at the tweets and put some common sense into it, that you take things so literally, and everybody just likes to take these literally for a political reason. And, uh, you know, I'm being fair-minded here. Yes, I support Trump, but at the same time, all this information is so scary. And that's why I'm dedicating this entire podcast to the surveillance that occurred of a political adversary. Okay? And the wiretapping, in quotes... He can't put all this in 140 characters, folks. But at the same time, if he doesn't, he'll never get his message out there. Because even when he speaks, you're going to cut it up to fit your agenda. It is unbelievable what they are doing. And they never asked any tough questions of Susan Rice. They never questioned her. You know, how about Andrea Mitchell today Say, why should we trust you? If I was asking, if I ever got her on for an interview, and you know what? I'm going to reach out and see if I can get her so that I can get an email saying, no comment. Okay? That would make my day. Okay? So let's try to get her on, and I would ask her that the qu- question on Benghazi, why did you lie? Why that on, as we know from WikiLeaks, that Hillary Clinton told her daughter the night of that it was not a result of an anti-Islam video, a propaganda video. It was clearly a planned Terror attack. And you knew it, and you went on all the Sunday shows to metal, push this line to support the president. Why did you lie at the time, and why should we trust you now? That's, if you're a journalist, that's the golden question. That is the tough question. You know, they love to ask to, to Trump, well, you know, this is unproven, so, uh, you know, how could you push this? And, and you know, you're, you're praising a commentary program. How could you do that? Oh, my God, the outrage. Okay, And, you know, the funny part is we actually get more substance out of his interviews on commentary programs like Bill O'Reilly's program or Sean Hannity's program. You get more substance out of that than you get on an ABC News interview because they're just more worried about the process. And then, you know, uh, the crowd size, and they're the ones asking all these questions over it. Move on. You know, if you focus on policy— People would respect you more, but there's this sensationalism in journalism now, and they don't ask the tough questions. That if I'm asking a question, I'm asking a tough question on that. Why did you lie? Okay. And the goal here isn't to get there to get their goal. The guess the 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 thing here is to get the truth. That's what journalism's supposed to be about is finding the truth. And the truth in this story is that President Trump. Was was surveilled by the Obama administration for up to a year before. Okay, we see the uh, FISA warrants. We see the connect the connection of dots, of leaving trail of intelligence because they were afraid Trump would stifle in the investigation of Russia. Okay, which he hasn't done, and they're looking into it, and they're concerned about potentially meddling into the election. Yes, Putin was against Hillary. Okay. You know, she's trying to do a Russian reset. The only people that were so involved with Russia was Hillary Clinton. She's trying to do a Russian reset, which failed, and she sent uranium, which builds nuclear bombs, she sent Uranium-1 to Russia. Okay, so where's the coverage of that? So, yeah, am I a little, um, a little uh, upset today? I am, okay? And this is why we're doing this, is to lay out the facts here. Because apparently you're not going to find the facts anywhere else. I don't have an agenda, okay? The agenda here is for American exceptionalism, for you to understand what is going on and for the United States to succeed again. And the only way we're going to succeed is if these people who are are against Trump and want him to fail, if these people say, you know what, we just got to support our president. I mean, listen, 75 days of this presidency... I believe it's 75 days. 75 days of this presidency, he's gotten no honeymoon. He's gotten—he's been challenged to the to the nth degree, and he's been put on an interrogation stand, him and his press secretary, every day. Okay? And where are the tough questions to Obama? Instead, what does the CNN reporter ask Barack Obama after his first 100 days? This was the question. No joke. I'll get this sound for you this week. He goes— uh, it was a three-part question, all right, and Obama had to write this down. He goes, what inspired you, and what enchanted you, and what um, motivates you to go to work every day, Mr. President? That was the question. Literally kissing the president's ass, okay? First 100 days. Now, let me ask you something. When President Trump stands up there on the podium completing his first his 100 days in office, what are they going to be asking him? Did you or did you not order the code red? Is that going to be the question? Or is it going to be, what changed you about coming into office, about coming to Washington? Okay, Washington is a dark place. And they they all have agendas. And this is more of a reason for term limits. You have congressmen in there who have been in Washington for 40 years. And they all have political agendas. And the media is complicit in it because they get the leaks, they get the scoop from all these politicians who want to push their agenda. It is—and we went through all of the connections here. So if you want to refer to this, and we'll post this on neilacruzel.com, not just on iTunes, but we're going to post this in that story of Connecting the Dots, which I will update for you as well. And keep updating it for you. And you can sign up for the Cruz Comments newsletter on neilacruzel.com so that you get the real deal news. Because— You're not getting it if you're listening to, um, you know, the evening news or CNN. You are fake news. And the reason is because they only have 30 minutes, okay? And they don't cover everything. And this takes a lot of digesting. It takes a lot of looking at the laws. I mean, you know, we did Sanctuary Cities. I'm looking at U.S. Code 1373. I'm looking at the U.S. Constitution. This is not easy stuff to comprehend. So I hope you understand. The result of this is... That not only was a political adversary spied on, but there were names unmasked in intelligence reporting. And we need to know who knew about this. When did this happen? Because there are only 20 people who could un- unmask names in an administration. Okay? And there are career bureaucrats in Washington who will do anything to undermine the president. They will do anything to undermine him. Um, there is a shadow government. There is a very scary situation where they will do anything to undermine him and they're ruining the country as a result. And they're putting us in a dangerous position when we have all these foreign policy concerns and they're not focusing on this or using the Russian thing as a distraction when we don't have facts about that. And Flynn was doing his job, so don't make that up. And what's the narrative? He's pushing this And this is, he's wrong, this is uh, an allegation, and we're not going to cover it. Jake Tapper says, we're not going to cover this. Flat out says it. The the mainstream media did not even start covering it until today, when Susan Rice defended herself. And then ABC and NBC finally reported on it this morning. They did not cover it on the evening news. And they basically said, uh, supporting Susan Rice, taking her word for what it, for 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 face value when she pushed the Benghazi lie. And you know what, what bothers me, and I know we're going along and and I'm on a little bit of a tear here, but this is what, what it bothers me, is when I'm sitting in a class and and a, a student innocently does not know and Benghazi had come out in some sort of question, it was not even a political class, and the person asked, well, wasn't the Benghazi situation the result of a video? It was an honest question, and and what's the answer? No, this was um, it was uh, pushed uh, as that it was the video. The Obama administration pushed that narrative, but in reality, it did come out in the uh, Benghazi hearings. Um, and in WikiLeaks, we find out that um, they knew about it that night. That they lied about it. That is the fact. But no, what does the professor say? The professor, the professor probably doesn't have any clue anyway. Okay, and as a liberal nut job, says. Um, yes, it was a result of a of a video. It was, it was an anti-Islam video, and and it was a uh, uh, it was a protest that happened. Okay, and um, and that's why you know we had a ambassador die. Wrong. That is not true. Okay, and so now th- what bothers me is that then students in that classroom, besides me. And maybe a couple other people, because I turned to people and I said that's not true. That's false. I wasn't going to speak up, because if I did—and this was a while ago, by the way. This is not recent. Um, So don't, you know, don't start looking that up. Um, But not true. False. I think I may have even been wearing a Trump sweater that day. Possibly. Possibly was. Um, But that was an honest question by a student. But now that that student is going through life thinking that Hillary Clinton— told the truth, and that Susan Rice told the truth, and that Benghazi was a result of a video, when in reality, if you saw uh, 13 Hours, which I recommend to anyone, and I actually cried watching that movie. I don't cry ever. Cried watching that movie to see these people being shot at um, and these people losing their lives, and they had been given no air support. They had been given no support from Washington. They had their heads up their asses, that day, September 11, 2012, on the anniversary of 9-11. They provided no support. He had an ambassador, Christopher Stevens, die, and our soldiers. And they say it was a result of a video to push their political narrative and to protect Obama, who was complicit in this attack. So what bothers me is that people don't hear the truth. They take these things for face value. And that just means... Educators and the media are not doing their job, and the journalists are are, are um, by omitting things and by not looking into things and by choosing stories and by choosing um, to cover things up and saying, you know what, that's not really the story. The story is who are you to say that? So choosing the news that day is, you know, affects what is what people understand. So what bothers me is when people go through life not knowing. The true fact because they've taken things for face value and they may get 15 minutes a day to watch something and the news that they get is false or it has political undertones favoring one side and you know what if I watched only one news source every day I would think Trump is crazy but you know what I've studied him enough to know that he has great intentions putting America first Keeping his promises. And he is being stopped by every roadblock that could be possibly put in his way. They want to impeach him. They want him gone. They want to embarrass him. And they've been doing this for over a year. And so he was being surveilled. He was being spied on. Valuable political intelligence coming out of this. Okay? And then Susan Rice gives just a one-time exclusive interview to MSNBC where she either lied today or she lied two weeks ago the day that Devin Nunez said there's evidence here that Trump was surveilled. Okay? And then they're calling for his head. So you see how things work. Neil Gorsuch, he's only being filibustered okay, for the first time in American history because of the political divide. Okay? At some point, people have to come together. And commentary is not the problem, by the way, Ted Koppel. The problem here is when people will not listen to each other and will not draw their own honest conclusions and have an open, real discussion and stop, you know, saying, uh, you know, when Schumer says things like— um you know, uh, just repeats sort of these corny lines over and over and and wants to obstruct everything. Meanwhile, he was against obstruction in 2013, and we'll play that clip for you on another day this week. You know, but now all he's doing is saying obstruction. So, anyway, uh, Trump was surveilled by Barack Obama's administration. That is a fact that we know. And we just went over all the details for you. And we may get more. This is so unbelievably sick that I don't blame you if you can't sleep tonight. Now, we did a podcast today without any breaks. Uh, We'll go back to a normal format probably tomorrow. Uh, A lot going on this week. Uh, Like I said earlier, not only um, uh, Neil Gorsuch, uh, who we got to talk about that because the Senate now has to change the rules. They're going to have to go nuclear, the nuclear option. So what does that mean? We'll talk about uh, cloture Borking, uh, what does that mean? Schumer, hypocrisy over obstruction. And, you know, what they did to Clarence Thomas, by the way, which was a total political hit job because, you know, Clarence Thomas called it a uh, a lynching of sorts. We'll talk about all that. And plus, Trump's America First agenda. He wants to be the best president ever. He really does. And he wants to serve you, the American people, for free. We'll get into that. More as the Nillia Crucial Show podcast continues this week. Um, We'll see you on the podcast tomorrow. Until then, God bless you, and God bless America. The Nile Crusoe Show Podcast is a production of Crusoe Enterprises, engaging, informing, and entertaining, passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Nile Crusoe on social media and log on to nielecruso.com to sign up for Crusoe's comments, newsletters, and be the first to
1: know.